the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And... Are we live? We're live. We are oh, live. We're on. <laughs> Thanks for the countdown, <laughs> Justin. Thanks for the countdown. For those of you just tuning in, expect this for the next 90 minutes. More or less just general chaos. Um, that is what you signed up for in case you, in case you hadn't realized. Uh, but this, uh, this particular episode, it is for us and it is for you. Uh, you have made it possible for us to do this for two years. Uh, we started this not even knowing how long this is going to continue or if anybody was going to care or if anybody was going to listen and voila, here we are, it's two years later. And in most of one of the most exciting years in recent memory, here we are going strong and having fun. So yeah, two years, it happened. And I hope that all of our listeners out there around the world and um, we seem to have, um, be very fortunate to have followers from every continent in the world almost it seems yeah, um, apart from Antarctica of course I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, however wherever you are I hope that you are sitting down you're somewhere safe um, happy and well with your favorite sake or just a sake that you had on hand um, available to imbibe during this next as Justin said controlled Chaos, chaos. <laughs> which is a sake on your podcast. Which is, yeah, and especially this week. I said we put quite a bit of thought into these episodes, um, into how we organize this stuff and the information that we try to bring to everybody. Um, and after doing this for two years, we decided we would do one where, you know, we just thought we'd celebrate a little bit. Um, freestyle. Freestyle, <laughs> full on freestyle. So we will do this as long as you send us things to talk about. <laughs> the second you give up, we just, we just turn, we but just turn to the bottom. Before the last train home tonight, hopefully. Home. Yeah. Um, so Should yeah. we let everyone know who's here? Yeah. Who's here? Everybody who's all, who's all on mic, step in and say hello for those. We, so getting everybody in the same room, the last time this has happened was probably... Never. Maybe never. <laughs> yeah. Maybe never. Yeah. This has maybe that? never happened before. Hey, <laughs> it's entirely possible. Right? That calls, yeah. right? Hey, cheers. Hey, cheers. Hey, cheers. Come on. Hey. 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 So, um, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, please drink sensibly. Mm. Yeah. So if you have anything you would like for us to chat on, talk about... Um, dig into, um, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, we're paying attention to the degree that um, our, uh, our bandwidth will allow us. Um, send us your questions and we will dive in and we'll just kind of talk about stuff. We've got a couple special guests that are supposed to chime in at some point in the evening. So fingers crossed that all of our uh, behind the scenes tools uh, work the way that they're supposed to. And if that works out, then we'll be able to chat with them and you can ask them questions as well. Um, otherwise, we're just going to be here kind of yapping and reminiscing and drinking and hanging out. Justin, yeah. on, on top of your head, what was the episode yeah. that had <laughs> most downloads or, or listening? The most downloads? Uh, I'd have to look at it again, but it was probably either Shochu 101 or... Which I love. Yeah, it's going to be either Shochu 101 or Rice Types for Sake, Sake Rice Types. John. 
or Koji did was is a strong performer. Um, those I think are the three. Well, Koji's there. been a big thing when people have had a lot of time at home recently. Yeah. A lot of what I've been seeing online is people taking this time to play around with making their own koji um, rice or making amazake or um, cooking with uh, shio koji. So actually, I think um, when we've had a bit of time on our hands, koji has been everyone's go-to, it seems. Yeah. And everybody's been doing, there's all been all kinds of little like at-home, you know, culinary competitions. Yeah, and the the questions that have been coming my way, like, do you know how to make bread with koji? And I'm like, "Uh, no. (laughs) Actually, (laughs) Uh, FYI, I can't cook. (laughs) So, I mean, so actually there's been, uh, just with time on our hands, there have been some really incredible little home experiments happening that have actually got me really curious about. Oh, it's 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 like this endless rabbit hole. I'm trying to like when you start popping into some of these groups and seeing what people are doing, like honestly, a lot of the world are is, are doing incredibly cool things that a lot of Japan isn't even doing. Before we dive in too far, we've questions? got a couple of requests Shoot. on Facebook. Shoot. First and foremost, introduce ourselves. That's right. You want to do that? <laughs> oh yeah, we, we said we were going to do that. Yeah, we we, we started drinking and forgot. Right? Yeah, we'll start at the start of the far end of the table. Who's, who's this striking young lad? At the Hello, <laughs> I'm Sébastien, <laughs> the Frenchman. <laughs> Very happy to be here. Very happy Se- to have you. Second here. year, very exciting. Right. Um, hopefully, uh, my voice still still comes clear. I mean, it was a bit of a challenge at times, but uh, very happy to be part of the team here. Yeah, loud and clear. How about you? Hi, everyone. Tuning in, Marie here. Um, I will be responsible for taking all your questions and comments on Facebook today. So do send your comments through. Thanks to Fabs for requesting that we introduce ourselves officially. Um, yeah, that's about it. I'll be on Facebook. Chris Hughes will be on YouTube. So do connect with us. Um, my name is Justin. Um, I, you, For better or for worse, you probably hear my voice with uh, quite a bit of regularity on this show. Um, yeah, thank you so much for making this possible. This has been an absolute blast. And Hello, everyone. Uh, Chris here, the big one. Um, yeah, this has just been a real uh, privilege, a lot of fun, a great honor to do it with this amazing crowd of people and to get to learn a bit more about them and to share in their knowledge. And I've just really enjoyed the challenge as well. Um, so looking forward to another two years plus or more. Yeah. Why not? Thank you for tuning in. I'll be looking at the YouTube stream tonight. So if you've got any questions, uh, keep posting and uh, I will read them out. Hi everyone, it's Rebecca here. Um, I'll be looking at my sake glass probably for most of the night, hoping it's going to magically refill itself. I've possibly not been on air as much as I would have hoped to this year, but looking to turn that around in the third year. I'm handing over to... Uh, little Chris here. I'm uh, still shell-shocked that Shochu 101 may be indeed in the top three in terms of... That's just... Uh, Awesome. Uh, very, very excited about what's coming up um, for everybody in this room and what we're going to be talking about for the next month or so, and month or more. Uh, we got a lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline, so stay tuned and thanks for tuning in tonight. 
and John Gauntner here. And for the record, little Chris is much bigger than me, <laughs> which ain't saying much. <laughs> but what's been really cool over the past two years is how well we've worked together as a group or how we've come to understand each other and see more focus on what we're trying to do and how things have come um, much more in an aligned way uh, as time goes on. So I think uh, the next two years are going to be more interesting than the previous two have been. So thanks for your support mm -hmm. and your listening. And please look forward to even better content. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been really fun to see. It, there's sake. It's such. It's a, it's a very collective sort of community. Like the people, who, the people who tend to be involved yeah, and engaged are just really supportive, and enthusiastic, um, and so it all kind of gets lumped often into just the, the category of sake. But there are so many personalities mm. that are involved, and once you actually dig in there, you realize that there are actually so many different thought processes and so many different. Um, values and so many different things that are all intertwined and it's been so fun to like just to get everybody mm. in on that yeah Frank and if we have any we we're, I, it's quite possible there will be people trying to reach us um, so if you want to maybe let those people in as they pop up Dave can you hear us hey how are you we have a little time here now David how you doing sir hey good, great good to see all you guys you're all there we are all here this never happens ever oh, oh, I've never seen that before oh this is this is Dave from New Zealand. From New Zealand. Oh, kia ora, Dave. That's exactly what, what I was thinking. It's Rebecca from New Zealand. <laughs> Dave, I know it's late where you're at. Uh, no worries. No worries. How are, how are things in your corner of the globe? Oh, all pretty good, actually. It's quite sort of chilled out at the moment. Not too many visitors. So uh, we're kind of enjoying, enjoying our own part of the world for a change. Are you hunkering down in the brewery at all, or what's what's the story behind the scenes there? Oh yeah, it's all all go at the brewery. Yeah, we're just sort of making sake. Hey, Justin, do people know where Dave is and what he does? That's true. So, Dave, Dave why don't you tell us uh, what your job is and what is what your brewery's name is? Um, okay, so I'm I'm the um, one of the um, owners of Zenkuro Sake brewery in, in Queenstown, New Zealand. And my job is uh, brewing sake and selling sake and uh, marketing it and spreading the word about uh, the wonders of sake and, and sake culture in New Zealand. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about what your plans are for brewing this year? Do you have any new products in the lineup or anything that you're um, particularly looking forward to releasing um, in the next, when you do the next release, which by the way, can you please tell us now when you release your sake each year? Yeah, um, well, we um, order our rice from Japan according to the same cycle that the, the Japanese brewers uh, use. So um, we, we, we order the rice, we have to plan it about a year ahead order our rice and arrives in New Zealand in January. So we don't quite follow the Japanese um, or the Northern Hemisphere brewing season. Um, and we, we actually brew all year round because it's quite cool here in, in Queenstown. Um, but as soon as the rice arrives, we just, we just get brewing. Um, because of COVID this year, we're a little bit behind on our, our consumption of the rice that we ordered last, last year. But um, it's, it's such a similar system. The rice comes in and we know how much we can make. 
and uh, we just go for it. So we, we put down a new brew every two weeks. Wow. So has there been a difference in the pricing of sake rice that you've been buying? Um, that's, a good, that's a really good question. I'm hoping it's a lot less than it was bef- before. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're ordering rice that's grown in Tukuma Ken and uh, Hyogo Ken. Uh, it's polished in Japan and then packaged in 20 kg bags and sent to us. So, obviously, it's quite, quite expensive by the time it gets here. And we don't actually know. I've ordered a little over um, two tons of uh, rice for next year. And I don't actually know how much it's going to cost me yet. So, um, in terms of shipping rice, because one of the things that we we're told that you know sake rice after it's polished becomes quite dry and porous, and it needs to have sort of quite a humid environment in order not to um, crack. Um, so, do you have to make any use any specific kind of shipping um, processes or use um, specific shipping conditions in order to get your sake rice safely to you in Queenstown? Well, it, 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 um, you know, it's all. I don't know. I don't have all the answers for that, and we um, we work with what we get. We're very happy and um, and like you know feel lucky that we can get get the rice from Japan. I remember the first time I asked um, John there um, if I could get some sake rice from Japan uh, maybe four years ago, and he said no, it's not available. <laughs> So um, we worked with some, um, and at the time, it, you know, I'm sure it wasn't. It wasn't something that was done. So we, we got rice from other places, um, but now we're very happy to have what we can get. But it seems to arrive here. Um, it, it comes from, um, you know, pretty humid um, conditions in Japan. Um, it's, um, it's stored for a month or so or two months before it's actually shipped to us. It comes down across the equator and gets here, and it's in very good condition when it gets here. And um, we we don't we just store it in our kura, uh, which probably ranges between three or four degrees at the coldest time to about eighteen at the at the warmest time uh, during midsummer. So I guess it's fairly good storage conditions. Uh, and when we um, when we we've steamed it, we don't seem to have any problems with cracking, um, you know, cracking or drying out. Uh, of course, it depends. Do you climate? Do you climate control? Do you refrigerate where you keep it, or is it? Yeah, no, we don't. We don't refrigerate it. Um, but it, as, as I was saying, it, the, the the temperature range is um, when it arrives in, in midsummer. It, it's um, about eighteen degrees maximum. Just in our in our kura, un, un, with a um, you know natural temperature, and um, midwinter it goes down to about three degrees in the in the kura. So um, I, I think it's fairly good storage conditions. Outside of the kura, it, it goes down to minus five winter, and out and outside up to thirty. But um, but just inside our our, our kura, it's um, we have a pretty dark, shady place there, and uh, with a good breeze going through, so temperatures range between, let's say, about three to three to eighteen all year round.
it's a nice range, very comfortable, it seems. <laughs> and I did initially store um, the rice uh, when I got it in, in the cool room. We have a cool room which we use for um, our brewing room, actually. Morumi, we call it our morumi stu, uh, and it's set basically all year round at um, five degrees. And Marie knows all about it, spent a lot of time in it. Um, and I initially <laughs> stored the rice in there. Um, but then uh, when I told the suppliers in Japan about that, they, they suggested I take it out of there and just leave it in the kura. And that was good advice. Why was it good advice? I mean, what changed or, or what improved when you took it out of the colder environment and kept it in the closer to cellar temperature environment? Um, oh, the rice, um, it didn't... It, after steaming, it, it kept its, um, it, you know, it didn't crack basically. Um, mm. Yes, yeah, so we do exactly the same, you know, steaming it um, after it being stored in the, in the very cold conditions and the dry, it's because it's dry where we are. Uh, yeah, it would quite often crack and, uh, and it wasn't ideal. So we took it out and then we, we steamed it and it, was, it came out perfectly um, every time. Actually, I had a question for Dave, because oh. last time we received him with a student. And so I was wondering if this year as well, he's had, uh, he's had students or he plans to have students during uh, summertime. Ah, yeah. It's been a little bit difficult to um, get any students into New Zealand at the, mo <laughs> at the moment. You know, there's no, no one coming into New Zealand. But uh, we, ha we have a, a, new, a new young brewer with us from Japan, um, Yuma is his name. He's been with us for um, for about a year now. Uh, he, he almost went home um, just before lockdown, but decided to um, to stay on. Uh, he's worked in, uh, in in Japan in the sake industry in places like uh, Hasegawa Saketen. Is, is that right? So he's he's worked there. He's, he's a good sommelier. And now he's learning how to how to make sake. So he's he's been a great addition to our our team. Um, and we're hoping he'll stay on. But um, yeah, we we once things the borders open up, we hope to welcome more people from Japan um, to come to come and um, hang out with us at the brewery. And the question, yeah, something new for us is I don't know if you can see it, but um, our first batch of daiginjo has. Um, just uh, well, it's almost ready for release. We've got we've got the labels on, and we've used um, a mix of Yamada Niski uh, Kojimai and uh, Gohaku Mangoku Kakemai. Yeah, we've got a, a Daiginjo there. Beautiful. You say a Daiginjo? It's a straight Daiginjo. It's not a Jumai. Jumai Daiginjo. Yeah, okay. all, all Jumai. So that's that's a big thing for us. Um, uh, something new. Other things that are new is we're now exporting to Hong Kong, working on Singapore, and we've got um, a good sake partner in Australia, Melissa Mills, who's um, who's uh, spreading the word in Australia during difficult times, mind you, in Melbourne. Excellent. Um, yeah, and, and interest in sake seems to be spreading in New Zealand. To our great surprise, during the difficult times and COVID times, um, I guess Kiwis are out supporting Kiwis, and um, yeah, the orders are coming in. We've been asked to to talk at, at wineries <laughs> and Marlborough and Hawke's Bay about sake um, by wine producers. So 
I can't quite figure out why. But um, People to start to appreciate what great things are happening in their own country instead of looking abroad. So to be honest, I think it's about time. And I think it's also a wonderful opportunity for winemakers and um, sake makers to um, share information about their different worlds and their different techniques and their different motivations and I think that that can that kind of communication can only lead to even better and more beautiful things happen coming out of New Zealand so thanks for all of your amazing um, innovation and pioneering spirit Dave you're an absolute star hey hey it's great to see all you guys together yeah it's yeah. great to hear your voice it's always it's I never get tired of hearing voices from overseas in this in this environment. It's so it's so uplifting, and it's so lovely to hear the dropped vowels of New Zealand. <laughs> so comforting for me. <laughs> David, thank you so much for staying up late with us tonight. Thanks so much for calling in, and we will be following up with you very soon. And we'll be down to sample that that daiginjo as soon as uh, the world permits. You guys come on down, eh? Done. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Hey, thanks, thanks, Dave. Dave. Be well. Good Bye, to see Dave. you. All right. So we've got Andre online for quite some time now. Andre, are you there? Can you hear us? Hey, gang. Can you hear me? Hey, Andre. Hey, guys. Happy birthday. Ah, there he is. Thanks. Thanks for celebrating with us. How's things? Oh, things are lovely here. Thanks for staying up and tuning in with us here and calling in. How are things in your corner of the globe? Oh, well, it's been one hell of a roller coaster ride this year, I can tell you. I can only imagine. What Especially where you are. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we've had I think we've had the pretty the, the hardest lockdown of pretty much any city in the world, I think. Yeah. Do you want to real quick here? You want to tell the world who you are and where you're calling from and what keeps you busy? I guess, you know, I wear, a, I wear quite a few hats um, in, the, I guess, the sake sphere. I mean, I'm a restaurateur, so I have um, izakais and sake bars in Melbourne. Um, uh, you know, sake consultant, sake educator. I'm a sake importer. Um, so pretty much, pretty much do it all. One man show. Excellent. Excellent. And you're also a previous ghost on Sake On Air as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was back in, yeah, like March last year. I think so. It, that's For me, that's actually one of my wonderful, I have a lot of me wonderful memories of the show, but the impromptu encounter and then recording in like the freezing cold at like 730 in the morning outside, like, yeah, it was at Sake Flea. We did a couple of recordings there and we, it was just by chance that you were in town that time and we all connected and we were like, gosh, if we're all in the same place at the same time, we should just sit down, we should hover over a few mics here. Um, and we already had a full schedule during the event and so we're like, well, if we're going to do this, we'll just have to meet in the morning. And so we, we did that and... I remember it being chilly and being very bundled up over a table outside while everybody else was setting up for the event. So, kind of glad I missed that one now. <laughs> oh, it's great! It's great to see you guys. Great to see you, John, Rebecca. I know indeed, it's, indeed. it's it's possibly been about nine years. Well, actually, you 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 are probably you have the honor of making me almost miss my sake ceremony, sake samurai ceremony. Did you get him hammered? Oops. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had such a big night that um, somehow in the wee hours of the morning I got a fishbone stuck in my throat and I thought I'd have to go to hospital. It's the day before I'm 
due to go down to Kyoto for the uh, the Saki Samurai inauguration. So, yeah. Oh, so no wonder I haven't heard from you. <laughs> um, no, no, we did we did bump into each other at the Craft Saki Week a couple of years ago, I think. That's right. No, I'm just teasing you. Oh, well, look, it has been a while, and we hope that you can get back to Japan real soon. Yeah, no, I mean, I had a, I had a trip to book. I was supposed to be there um, last month. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody's going anywhere um, at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a shame. I was really looking forward to getting back. That you're missing anyway, for the same reason. I, I think you're um, you're just saying that, John, to make me feel better. No, 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 we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to try to make you feel better, but that's what that's not what that was all about. Well, yeah, no, I mean, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on to say hello and um, congratulations, guys. It's um, it's a fantastic achievement and a, and a fantastic show. Thank you so much for and good luck the to kind you, words Andre. and for celebrating with us. Yeah, best of luck. I know you're you're up against a lot down there, um, but I have we all have plenty of faith in you and your uh, team down there uh, and that side of the and world. And you're a sake samurai. <laughs> you, you can deal with anything. <laughs> there's a downside, but there's also an upside. Well, thank you so much and. I guess it's pretty late at night. Uh, yeah, it's, it's about 11 o'clock, but um, Kampai. Kampai. Well said. Thank you. Thank you for Kampaiing us here with us this evening, Andre. To you, sir. You take care, and we will follow up with you here very soon. Okay. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Be well. I think we've got Natsuki-san online with us. Oh, is she in? Exactly. Well, it's been surprising because obviously the restaurant industry is a disaster, but... Um, I'm predominantly import, you know, Dasai, and I mean that's just going go down crazy the line. at the moment. So everybody, it's great to see Thank that. You. I mean, obviously the restaurant Thank industry you. is not doing you, well, I, but not, I think I you might be our earliest guest, sake, possibly our first fantastic. guest, maybe close to. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah, you were our oh, test dummy in that sense for all of this. Natsuki, how are you doing over there? I'm good, missing Japan so badly. I think. It's been, it's been, yeah, like 10 months I haven't been back to Japan. Right. Is that a record? I think it's been a record, yeah, since I've been living here, I think. Recent wow, memory. Really? Wow. Do you want to say hi real quick to the world? Tell everybody who you are and what you do and where you're at? Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Natsuki. I reside in uh, London, United Kingdom. And I um sake samurai and i work with wct wine and sweet education trust as a sake qualification development manager and also um running a museum sake and which uh, promotes and educates sake in uk at the moment and uh, recently i started importing sake to uk as well and you've been doing some fantastic webinars through WSET during this. Yeah, I think the first thing they started to do is running a free uh, free of charge webinar on different topic on wine spirits and sake. And I think we had a lot of guests from all over the world, like two, three hundred people every session. So it was really actually nice to, you know, toast with people from around the world. I think yeah, that was amazing. Are, are you guys going to continue doing things like that because just to have that kind of access now is in a way because of all this the access to sake education has almost gotten better in a way 
Yeah, so we've been posting like all these past webinars on YouTube, and I think you know we still have uh, we got a quite nice database um, on on these topics. And I one of the educator did a shochu and awamori as well. So um, if you're interested, please have a look. And I think it's not as frequent as before, but we, we are trying to keep up doing it as long as the people need the free education. Absolutely. That's brilliant, uh, Natsuki. So today we're taking listener questions. And we have a question from Oscar, who is in Italy, and he has a question about uh, sake consumption in Europe. He's doing his dissertation on sake consumption in Europe, and specifically Italy. But his question, he wants to know um, how you foresee the future of sake in Europe and what kinds of things could be done to share sake culture in contrast with such a dominant wine culture? Um, I think it's quite a difficult question. You could write a whole dissertation on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an important question. I'd like to hear your answer too, for sure. I'm, I don't know. The things that I've been seeing is um, maybe just, uh, you know, I think the angles to kind of take over the wine consumption and wine market is an interesting angle, I think, to promote sake in Europe. But I think another angle is uh, sake is this kind of wider range of fermentation product. And you know what? What I've been seeing during lockdown, um, this you know forever long lockdown in Europe, people started bake, like baking bread all the time, like you know making uh, sour bread, and people started enjoying these time-consuming but kind of like very nature-related activities. And uh, I did dobroku making um, during lockdown, and it really helped me to calm down and also kind of almost like a therapeutic. Um, feeling to, to touch with Koji and, you know, like looking at the Doboroku growing every day. So I, I think just kind of this whole movement of fermentation um, from Japan doesn't have to be related to Koji, but just in general, I think all the co consumers are quite keen to learn. So um, I think just to revisit sake as a whole, as a fermentation product, and it's a very, like just, just being a superfood, I can say. Um, maybe a nice, uh, interesting approach. Oscar, there's your abstract right there. Done. Right, so what's any, I, I understand, you know, same as everywhere, things are challenging where you're at, but what are you, what are you excited about in the coming months? Anything you're working on or any plans or anything you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think, I think we all, all been really juggled and kind of controlled, confused by the government's like daily changing uh, decisions. Mm -hmm. Like we might, again, going back to lockdown quite soon in London, um, the restaurants, you know, we have 10 p.m. curfew, which has been quite nightmare for the restaurant so, uh, owners. But I think we try to stay positive, seeing what we can do together online. Like, I don't know, I get another webinars online uh, connection with each other. Um, it's going to be winter, but maybe any outdoor activities relating with eating, din dining and drinking might be quite fun. Um, and I think we kind of gone through all these phases and people kind of try to take whatever is in front of you and just just try to be positive and have fun, I think. Um, for in terms of sake, um, yeah, I think we we relied too much on restaurant consumption. So, you know, even though we still try to collaborate and, you know, mm. unite with all the chefs and restauranteurs, we try to maybe um, promote more on how we can enjoy this drink in a daily life so at home. 
I think uh, so a lot of people posting like some recipes or things they can cook easily at home to pair with sake. I think that's that's been quite positive to see. That's, can I ask you a question? How does sake compare to wine in the premise versus at home consumption? Um, I don't know the exact percentage, but the wine consumption, I think it's, it's a quite heavily on the home consumption. Um, home is more than restaurants. It's more than I think so, yeah. Wow. But I mean, I think cool. par value, it might be a different, but par quantity, the obviously. Home, yeah, it's, yeah. It's home. okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, supermarkets are doing great at the moment too. But have they always been that way? In other words, pre-COVID, was it also that way? Pop culture is very strong. Um, so I'm sure maybe beer might be half and a half or something, but for wine, mm. obviously, I think it's, it's much more common to drink, drink, drink at home. And I think COVID really pushed. That's cool. The point is though, sake's got as much potential is what I would yeah. think. And do you agree? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that means that perhaps with more time at home, more time on their hands, more curiosity, people might be at this stage more interested or have the potential to become interested and learn about kanzake. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, the kanzake culture. Yeah, I think people still think hot sake is bad sake in, um, in, in UK, probably from coming from the bad experience in the past. But um, I, th- I hope more of the like warm sake specialized place coming up and you know just each individuals enjoy their own way of drinking not just straight from the fridge but kind of almost cultivating your sake to you know just keep them open for a month and see how it changes and how that reacts to the temperatures i i i think that's one really interesting even you know you're not making sake like the rock way but it's, it's a really nice way to kind of nurture sake kind of grow your sake at, at home mm. um yeah, I think I think like also as well, maybe like in the UK, I don't know if this would work, but pushing the health benefits of sake could be one way of um, promoting it further afield as well. Um, especially in these times, you know, people are becoming more and more health conscious, I think. Um, if you're going to pick any alcoholic beverage to drink, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to say it, but, you know, maybe, maybe, as with shochu as well, of course. Shochu first <laughs> and then sake. Um, but yeah, I think like, you know, promoting it as a healthy beverage, that might be one way of going about it. You have to be careful, of course, but that might be one way of going about it. Yeah, I, I forgot this um, thing, component, maybe Justin knows, um, you know, the type of chemical that comes out from the koji, actually mm. that suppress the depression and the stress level. Yeah, yeah. It's- I have to look at that again. There was something in that research that was like slightly dubious. I have to, I have to, I have to look at it. Only slightly dubious. Something that's reproducible, right? That's that's independently verifiable and that's measurable. Yeah. If we get that, sake is going to exist. It, it's on. We're going. We're going off road. We're we're going on a tangent, on a tangent here. Sake will do. Natsuki. Thank you so much for calling to join us this evening. Yes, it was nice to hear your voice and to, see your, and to see your face here. Um, we can't wait until we can see you on this island again. Yeah, I great. know. Looking forward. Let us know. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. You take care. Bye. It's like a bad socket. <laughs> Thanks so much. Johnny, bye-bye. We're running a little bit over time, but given all the... All the factors at play here this evening we're actually doing pretty darn good oh, this is good fun well, is that, well the thing with the thing with this that we're doing here is we decided that we were going to do it 
without looking into the logistics of doing it. You know, you just, you, you look at the It's internet. like flat pack furniture, isn't it? Flat pack furniture, you just get it and then you think about how you're gonna put it together. Right, Maybe. well it's, I mean, that's how you figure stuff out, right? Is you know it's doable, you know, so we, we'll do it once and we'll figure out how to do it even better the next time. Oh, Pablo calling in. Pablo, Pablo. Rakul. Is Pablo in? How are you doing there, sir? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty nice. I mean, it's like uh, what's happening here. It's it's a bit weird because you know, even some people, some uh, friends I have here in Spain that they live maybe uh, outside Madrid, they are like, oh, I'm so sorry about your situation and all that. But then you get out. Of course, you have to wear the mask, but you go outside, the bars are open, people is drinking, so it's like normal life in a way. But uh, yeah, it's it's tough, it's tough because it's so strange and we don't know how to, uh, we are supposed to act and all that. So I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit uh, funny. I think in Japan, it's, it's better the situation. And well, as we say in English, touch, touch wood. Fingers crossed. We're at this point in time, I think we're in a reasonably better environment than a lot of what a lot of folks are having to deal with at the moment. But yeah, why don't you tell everybody you are also a previous guest on this show. Thank you so much for joining us before and for joining us today. Uh, but remind everybody, who are you and where are you from? Yeah, I, I guess from my accent. Actually, everybody can. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm uh, from Spain. I'm actually uh, distributing and importing some sake here in Spain. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've I'm a sake lover since uh, uh, probably 20 years ago. I did the John's course, and uh, that opened my mind to 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 try to help here in Spain people that are uh, really into sake, but they don't have uh, much information. So we are trying to, to expand the information. And again, you know, here in Spain, of course, everybody can talk a little bit in English, but uh, sometimes you need to get everything in Spanish so people can follow. And uh, that's what uh, we are trying to do here. Tell me you're going to start the Spanish hub of sake on air. Yeah, <laughs> we have to do something like that. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm just going to put that out there. But you know what? what I, ju I just, uh, I will uh, just ask you to learn Spanish to, to help me and do it. To, <laughs> we, we do the same, but we do the Spanish version of that. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, tell us, I know there are certainly probably a lot of challenging stories as far as what's going on over there, but what has been your most interesting or exciting sake experiment or discovery in the midst of all this? Well, you know, uh, because uh, we had a lot of time to, to do experiments at home because we couldn't, we couldn't go to restaurants or, or try things. And uh, I was uh, listening to you previously talking to Natsuki-san about the kan sake. And I think this is something that uh, I'm here exploring it in a Spanish way. So to be honest, I, I did some experiment with maybe a blending, uh, what is something to drink with something that could be a soup, 
with sake okay so so i am uh, into this kind of uh, um, experimental uh, thing and i'm doing a lot of things with uh, iberico ham so with the fat of the of the ham i think it's very interesting to 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 blend it with uh, warm sake and some people think it's it's weird or or, or some people even think is this is a horrible thing but uh, I'm actually oh. <laughs> finding, uh, and actually uh, tomorrow we're doing um, a dinner with some, uh, we created a sake club and uh, sometime we, we organize dinner. Of course, now it's very, very hard, but we are only six. Um, uh, I've been discussing this morning with the, with the chef and we're doing basically the first uh, um, uh, soup we're going to serve is a consomme and it's uh, made from the broth of the the bones of the cow and uh, we're gonna add some uh, probably i'm i'm thinking uh, probably i'm gonna add this this sake here uh which is, is a that yes oh, right. yes that it's sounds eight. brilliant it's uh, from 2000 uh, 14, so I think it could be very, very interesting. So let's see that. It's going to have a slight sherry profile, I'd say. I'd agree. Okay. Yeah, the, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to try to to evoke this, uh, what, I, I don't know, many uh, Japanese chefs, they, they, they do with the, the first maybe soup or something to get warm now that it's getting cold. But adding some sake in in a more Spanish kind of culture, because of course we, we do with the with the dashi and all that. It's 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 okay, but it's not our culture. So I think yeah, because I again here what, what we're trying to do is that uh, still people think that uh, warm sake is something that is only used when you have a really bad sake, as uh, previously uh, Natsuki said. So here's the same uh, basically. And uh, to give this approach, I think is a good way to start people uh, to get used to warm sake, and especially now that it's getting uh, colder and colder. So I, I think it's a good way. And also to get people uh, out of the ginjo ka and uh, cold sake that, uh, of course, is really nice, but, uh, you know. Pablo, what you're saying, I, I think what I, I hear you're saying is that you know, you're trying to find ways for Spanish, uh, for people in Spain to use sake in a way that's intuitive to them, like in a way that they're familiar with using an alcohol with food, um, yeah. rather than doing uh, experiencing sake just through the Japanese cuisine route. And so I'm not particularly knowledgeable about um, Spanish food, but I am aware that that sherry is often used, and sherry's got very different, many different forms. Um, sherry is often used in cooking um, and is uh, something that maybe um, substituting um, sake for sherry might be a way to um, encourage people to go down the um, sake um, discovery route. Is that what you, you were saying or am I misinterpreting? No, your... that's, that's uh, linked it to the, one, the, the thing I was saying. Because, uh, eventually, like this kind of consomme soup that we have here in Spain when it's cold, it was uh, made uh, with sherry. So yeah, it's, it's very mm -hmm. similar. 
And you know one thing, guys. I don't know in Japan or or in other countries, but uh, here in Spain, the the big surprise for me is that H sake. It's it's. Uh, I mean, people who try sake uh, for the first time, they have their own like, oh yeah, this is strange, you know. It's it's yeah, it's nice, but you know, I'm not used to. But when they try the H sake, they are like, hmm. This is something familiar, Pablo. What you're saying, I, I think, what I, I hear you're saying is that, you know, you're trying to find ways for Spanish, uh, for people in Spain to use sake in a way that's intuitive to them, like in a way that they're familiar with using an alcohol with food, um, yeah. rather than doing uh, experiencing sake just through the Japanese cuisine route, and yeah. so. I'm not particularly knowledgeable about um, Spanish food, but substituting um, sake for sherry might be a way to um, encourage people to go down the um, sake um, discovery route. Is that what you you were saying, or am I misinterpreting? And what what do you think about the aged sake culture in in Japan, or at least uh, outside Spain? Because I heard some people that they are saying that uh, no, aged sake is, is not nice. I, I prefer the fresh one. But what about in Japan? Because I know I've been to Ueno-san uh, bar down in Shinagawa. And yeah. I, I, Which it I was think amazing. Is Ginza now. He moved yeah. to Ginza. He's oh, in Ginza. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So how is how is the, the, the aged sake scene in, in Japan? Well, I think it's very niche. Yeah. It's super, super niche. There are some hardcore fans and there are people that might um, dabble in it. But actually, where I see the hugest potential with uh, um, koshu or aged sake is um, with food pairing. And this yeah. is where we, I think we need to uh, really ignite influencers like Pablo because it, these influencers will exhibit how what the potential and what the deliciousness is mm. so that for people to replicate it you can tell people mm. but until people experience they're not going to believe you so um i think what pablo's doing in spain is really yeah. you know fabulous you know fabulous Absolutely. work yeah I'd no, because say... it, mm. oh sorry go ahead go ahead pablo yeah no i was saying that you know the 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 advantage of uh cautious that you can keep it and and you have Again, something that is very wine world. So it's the the the, the vintage, or something like that, you know. And uh, fresh sake lacks of that. And you know, people when when you're trying to sell a very expensive Jumai Daiginjo, they are saying like, "Wow, this is really nice. I will keep it for for many years." And you are <laughs> like, "No, you, you don't. You don't need to keep it. You have to drink yeah. it as yeah. soon as possible." Next so week. this is some something that uh, for aged sake is really interesting. Another thing, and and that's the most amazing thing for here uh, newcomers that try aged sake in Spain yeah. is that they are like, "Wow, what sort of oak are they using to age yeah. this sake?" And you go like, "No, there's no yeah. oak here." So this is amazing, and this is something that. Of course, some people is is uh, I heard are doing aging in in uh, in wood, but uh, there is a very nice uh, path to explore there because then you get more complexities and stuff, you know. Because it is kind of a trend. I think everyone has either got 
at least one Kimoto and one barrel aged product in their lineup yeah, nowadays. So totally. it's, it's sort of become the new thing, and yeah. especially with the young young brewers or the new generation brewers who are now not that young or new generation <laughs> at all, actually. Exactly. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing about that. But That's a process everybody are. has to go through. Um, yeah. With what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And Pablo, two things real quick yes. on this. We were asking about the Japan market with Koshu. Yeah. I think it will, my guess, the nice thing that Japan does is it does niche markets really, really well. Um, and so I don't think Koshu is going to necessarily grow a whole lot, but it'll probably get more and more niche and more and more exciting. I have a feeling is just more different. I think the premium markets are going to diversify in Japan as people get more into it. And that'll just become even more and more interesting. I don't know if it's going to grow to become huge. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine Koshu as a style becoming really big in Japan. You you don't see a potential now for that kind of thing. I don't think it, I don't think it it, it is a niche market. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to expand more and more. I see it in terms of restaurants. I see it very Mm -hmm. much in terms of innovative modern cuisine, especially the Nordic sort of, that kind of that Nordic cuisine, or maybe the like Albany, um, um, the the chil- the many many children of El- of Albany style um, cooking, mm. um, and that there is a certain apathy or just kind of saturation that's happening in the moment with talking about super premium. I think a lot of people go, ah, oh, super premium, super premium. Oh, that's too mainstream. Once before, people were not getting any um, premium sake overseas. And now that it's being supplied overseas, now that it's available, it's like, oh, no, we're now, now we want something that's difficult to find. You know? We're so fickle, we're fickle yeah. beans. Um, and, I, and I see particularly that kind of that age element, the, the very um, unique flavor profiles that come through in Koshu, uh, the umami richness of it, the fact that it is an, ex- an, an extension of its fermentation gone on and gone and on and on and on and you've also got the mylad reaction as well um i think that that would be real like catnip yeah. to those kinds of high-end shifts totally and i pers- i love the idea of different sake markets around the world just becoming very localized to the preferences of that market mm-hmm. so like i love the idea of a world in the future where for example maybe spain has just the world's most absurd stock of koshu <laughs> Like that's a cool future. Like that's just well, a market that is opposed. No, as opposed to, to, it's quite similar to the no, natural I wine. I, I have to disagree with that. I don't. Oh, I don't okay. really think that's good for the industry. I mean, it, well, it, I it would be interesting. Kind of a Chris I agree with that. that. For the record, but go ahead, Chris. Well, I mean, to me, it isn't something that's been developed, and you could develop it, but it isn't a major part of the market right now. In other words, they've been drinking young sake for a long time and all of a sudden to create this huge shift, this huge different direction. I'm not so sure it would be easy to garner the support of the producers to do that mm. because they're doing very, very well with the young sake they have. Having said that, mm. suddenly aged sake is the best stuff. The, the pairing potential is out of this world. It really, really yeah. is so good. Yeah. But they're not to the point where it's reproducible and predictable yeah. in where it can go. I mean, sometimes it's outstanding. Sometimes it's like, nah. And to develop a whole new direction in the market doesn't seem to me to be the most, what's the word? Effective, yeah. efficient, productive. Yeah. That's, why I, direction this being a, this, that's yeah. why I see this very niche yeah. sake becoming a very a, a popular um, peering uh, 
product in the lineup of very niche restaurants mm. like Norwegian mm. or, you mm. know, modern Spanish or um, innovative French or whatever. And, and experimented guess, with around the world. Yeah, I guess idea. I wasn't necessarily speaking to Koshu specifically, but just the idea of responding to what the market's asking for. Yeah. You know, like I love, I yeah. like the idea if there's a market that for some reason they're into Nigori, you don't have to pitch to them that it's the top of the world. But if they're asking for it, if yeah. there was a market that just developed a love for age sockets. It was a market that had a love for, you know. Sure, you have to be able to walk before you can run though. I feel like a bit of a jump to me to just jump into that kind of creating niche markets around the world. But, but is at the same time, it would be really interesting. But you're assuming that a certain style is walking and, a, and another style is running too. And that, that's true. Right? That's true. So. But for instance, going back to, to Spain yeah. and the, in Spain, like uh, is a sherry country, you know, and this is our uh, major treasure here in Spain as a wine uh, producing country. There are some restaurants, and especially the, the top ones, that they managed to grab a barrel of very old sherry. So for, for instance, in Mugaritz, they have, I don't really remember the, 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 the date, but it's something uh, 16th century barrel they are serving there. So this is very unique. I know John had um, a tasting at some point, and he, he if I uh, well uh, remember, he tastes something like um, beginning of the last century, Koshu. I don't know if it's that right, but anyway, to find something like that, then you get another element into the, the drinking experience, which is history. Yeah. Imagine that yep. you drink something when uh, whatever president or whatever uh, a major thing happened. I, I know that after 100 years, drinking a 2020 sake will be a major thing for the corona. For sure. So Pablo, we're, we're running late. I have one last question for you. A user was asking us about sake and cheese and possibly atsukan or kanzake and cheese. Yeah. Your thoughts and feelings. Well, you know, we, we, it's, it's really funny, this uh, question, because, uh, you know, we were doing some sake talks over the, the, when we were here in the close down. And I don't know how, but we started to talk about warm sake and cheese. And, and then there were all these people say, yeah, let's do it and, and uh, do it with Gorgonzola. With, and, and then finally we did it. And, and it's something that it's, it's amazing, but I mean, for, for uh, not only the, the warm sake, uh, I mean, you, you have different cheese here in Spain as well, and you can play a lot, but that particular uh, warm sake with the, um, the Italian gorgonzola cheese was amazing. You know, I, was, I, I had a little bit here and I was talking and all that, and it went so fast that, you know, it was something that they were supposed to be together Always, because it was yeah. something that it went perfect, and yeah. uh, and uh, and I think the temperature was also a really important factor to keep it in your mouth and make it uh, maybe a little bit warmer. And 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 the melting pot and, and in in your mouth is it's something that uh, it's amazing, and especially nowadays that is getting colder. So I think it's an alternative, and also it's a good way to get uh, people that are. Uh, not into sake, or they might think, ah, this warm sake is, is something horrible. But if you give it like, hey, this is a pack, you get the cheese, 
uh, and you get this uh, sake, you warm it up, you eat the cheese, and is a, a an experience. And I think this is a good way to surprise people, but with something that it really works. Yeah, it's, there's pretty much no misses in that in that setup. Well, there's... actually, I I was interested to hear that you use gorgonzola because when I was in Spain, I loved all of the famous uh, sheep's cheese. Is it manchego? Yeah, ma manchego, yeah, manchego, yeah. yeah. And. I had so much manchego and we were drinking so much wine. I was understood why the wine was so piquant and so sour is because it needed to match that kind of piquancy of the, um, the sheep's cheese. But yeah. I think that when you uh, warm sake, you can draw out some of that acidity and you can actually make it quite spiky as well, but different yeah. temperatures. You know, here uh, in Spain, we have uh, said that it's like, uh, we say que no te la den con queso. That means they uh, they can make you uh, a trick by giving you cheese, and that's because in the old days people were tasting wine, especially red wine, and they would give cheese to the to the buyer. He would uh, eat the cheese and then drink the wine, and the wine would taste really nice. So it is it was a trick to sell wine, especially this <laughs> red wine. But uh, with sake, of course, it's different because many people, maybe they don't like uh, the, 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 the warm sake uh, in its own, but then with food, and, and, and to me, it's also similar. I mean, for me, it would be very hard to have a canned sake as an aperitif. I would like to have it uh, with, uh, with, with some food. So I think it's in, in this sense. And of course, uh, Rebecca, the, the, the gorgonzola was because something that you can find, everybody knows and all that. But I guess a similar cheese we have here in Spain is in Asturias and is a little bit similar. It has a little bit of, uh, it's, the color is similar to the Roquefort. So it's a little bit more uh, green, greenish uh, kind of uh, cheese and very, very spicy. And it's also very interesting to 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 have with. Uh, I'm on the next plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that is brilliant. It's quite late over there, right? Uh, not bad, not bad. We're gonna have to start thinking about trains here pretty soon, and we actually have some more audience questions, and we actually have a little announcement that we want to share after this. So. Pablo, thank you so much for Thanks, making time for, oh, for you having lunch thank with you us here. Thank you, guys. I, I miss you us. so much. I miss Japan. I hope uh, next year we'll be over and we are all together. Thank you, guys. We'll, we'll be here. We can't wait to see you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Pablo, thank you so much. We'll thank talk you. to you here soon. Bye-bye. All right. Yes. So we've got a few questions to get through. How's everybody doing on trains here? Does anybody have to run out here in the no, next few minutes? <laughs> if we ran out of booze here, then we would be... We're in the Sake Brewers Association. We, be, <laughs> we just start drinking the displays. <laughs> um, let's, let's run through a couple questions here. We have a little announcement to make, but let's get through a couple questions here first. Here's a quick... Uh, say, quick one. Best way to introduce Sake... Sake to newbies from Tabitha. Just, just, just let them try it. The best way to just introduce it. Just yeah. newbies give it to, them to good sake. But just, 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 just let them try it. Drink give it. them a selection of things to try and just let them go crazy and just try it. And say, look, you might like some of these, you might not. Everyone has different tastes. Just, just, just have an open mind 
and try a few of these. I wouldn't even preface it any more than this is this is the pairing that I've I've prepared. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one of the things I really dislike at a restaurant is when people over describe my food and all I want to do is eat it. If they tell me too much about the food, I start to develop ideas about what the food is, and then when I eat it, it's not this this watercolor that they painted for me. It's something quite different. I wouldn't I wouldn't give a pairing. I would just give a selection. I would say, you know, 10, 15 different things. I would say you you know find what you like. Just try all these and find what you like. Well, and, but I think one cool thing about that, and one one key to that, is showing completely different things. Yeah, yeah. diversity as as possible amongst whether you got three sake, five or ten. So as diverse a range as possible of the sake. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, people are like, oh, kind of all tastes the same, does it? You want people to say, well, holy mechel, I had no idea there was such a yeah. wide range of flavor profiles available. Agreed. Right. Right. Well, you got three, five, seven, ten. It doesn't make you know, know, No, it doesn't. Just, just as much diversity as you, you can, can show. You can show diversity with yeah. just three. Yeah, you can't. Oh, hugely. You know, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just, show, <laughs> just show the breadth of diversity. Right. right. And people will find something that they like, and right. you don't need to say anything more. Don't use um, technical terms with, with new Yeah, don't, don't overload them with technical yeah. jargon. That's a really good, that's a really good uh, tip, I think. Talk yeah. about it in simple terms like you would with wine. Like Talk about the flavor, the expression, yeah. the aroma, um, and maybe, you know, your personal impressions. Yeah, tell, tell a story. Like, you know, are you personally attached to a particular sake? That's kind of cool. You know, do you know something about the story of the brewery? Like the, the reason why it's called, you know, why it's got a particular brand name? What's the meaning of the brand name? Um, so probably that should come after the, the person's had a chance to just have a little try and taste the sake. You've probably already hooked them there. And then it's a case of just kind of cementing that love for sake, which will come over time as well. Um, but yeah, the story of sake, I mean, that's my... That's my kind of, you know, that's my tool. Next question. Sake aged in whiskey bourbon barrels. We're seeing more of those experimentations. We did an episode Absolutely. a little while we, back. We did an episode a while back about a product released um, as a cooperation between Masui Izumi and Shiva Srigal. So the name of the product is Link, uh, Um what can I say? I think, one, I, I love the products. That's a personal opinion. And everyone, everyone is uh, invited to make their own opinion. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, product-wise, it's interesting in the sense that it draws our attention to uh, two elements that are sometimes neglected. One is blending and the role of uh, blending in, uh, in sake making. And a lot of breweries are actually using blending to uh, create or create a specific taste or stick to a, a particular taste. Blending is integral to yeah. the, in a so, lot of places. So that's, that's an interesting point. The, the second one is um, aging. And we discussed aging at length already. So uh, how do you age sake? What are the different um, techniques or, or barrels or uh, containers that you can use to, to age sake? But what I... I mean, fundamentally really loved about uh, the idea is that it kind of creates a new, if not a new distribution channel, at least um, it opens an access to a, a new kind of, of um, potential sake drinkers. Um, sake drinkers who are interested, who are drinking, I mean, sorry, I mean, alcohol drinkers who are interested in whiskey before anything else and who through that product can discover the second category. For me, that's what's uh, the most interesting about this uh, particular product or these particular products, 
which I mean, I believe will remain a, a, a niche. Um, although I think we should bring shochu in there because yeah. um, a lot of I mean shochu is uh, in particular has used a lot of I mean is using uh, aging in barrels uh, as a, a relatively frequent technique. I think the ex the exploration of the flavors and the effect are commendable, but I also have seen. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Um, barrel aging is really hard. Getting it right is really hard, just as it is with. Um, we had taruzake yeah. at the at the top of the show. Yeah. It's hard to get it right, and if you're using new new barrels from Ariake in Miyazaki, great, good for you. But <laughs> that's going to take a generation to figure out, you know, on its own. Um, if you're using ex-bourbon casks, great. Uh, that's amazing you got them because there's a competition for them. They're hard to use well, you know. So, um, but when it's done well, it's done, it's really fun. And so I think it's a, it's a, um, I think it's a worthwhile endeavor. I, I did try it, and I have to say, I don't know which one I tried. Did I try the year before? You year went before you right. Well, the, the year before, I mean, it had those nice sake elements, which I, which, which you know, obviously I'm looking for in a sake. But it also had those kind of, um, had I didn't dis, I didn't really detect the whiskey esque elements on the nose, more on the palate, I think. I mean, you would, I, mean right. I think it's a long topic. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, should we should go to the uh, episode yeah. that we recorded about, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, clearly, the, the objective was not to have necessarily very strong whiskey notes, right. but just um, have cask influence. I was going in, I was a bit skeptical. And actually, when I, when I tasted it, yeah, this is good. This is, this is interesting. This is good for the industry. I think this is interesting. And, and yeah. I, I guess one thing to keep in mind when it comes to sake, so the idea of aging in wood doesn't really exist in sake. Like people talk about taruzake, but taruzake, it wasn't, it wasn't for aging, it was this for was shipping, storage, yeah. which is a completely different function, right? They drank it quickly. And they drank it quickly. And so like now, right? So now you have taruzake as a product and it's used for, it's in Japan, it's associated with very specific but things. And it's a delicious people product. Like people overseas have, and I, and I guess it's because it's an interesting story. People overseas think that taruzake is a much more significant part of daily consumption of sake it's than it so is here. Minor. Like so often people will come to me, like I will be guiding someone that, oh, we want to drink all of that taruzake that you're drinking. I'm like we're, we're not drinking all of that taruzake. Well, if I speak from a, like a, well, I used to you know work for a distributor, and I don't know why, but we used to get a lot of taruzake coming mm. our way. I don't know why we used to get a lot of this same, maybe two brands uh, used to send us taruzake as if they thought it would be interesting for the Western market, and we used to it was cheap because so we used to sell the Western it. market is interested yeah. in it. Arguably, yeah, it could be exactly. Yeah, yeah, a story exactly. Yeah, yeah, and good and good product is good. Yeah. And if you've got but a good taruzake, but if you've has, got like taruzake you know. appearing on a menu in another country a lot, then obviously that's going to give them the impression that in Japan they drink and, a lot. And I and I hope that you know I hope that they are drinking the taruzake out of the master cups that they insist yeah. on drinking everything out yeah. of because the master it's cups. Are the only thing they don't drink out of the master. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, because that would make sense. I mean, because overseas a lot of people, a lot of restaurants that uh, most of the restaurants that I've gone to that are um, that serve sake oh. will serve me sake even if I request it in a wine glass or a ceramic cup 
that'll be served in a muscle bus because that's how they do it at their restaurant. Yeah. Whereas that's something that we use for an, an opening ceremony or a well, celebration. It's, it's not ceremony. for drinking, it's for weighing the rice originally. Yeah, some some guy some, thought this would be good I mean, in, no, to but, drink. But out you do it. also occasionally drink out of yes, it at, at a ceremony. But it, it just caught on at some point in the Edo period and now they use it for celebrationary purposes or whatever. But originally it's not a drinking vessel and you don't want to put your best daiginjo or ginjo. But you probably want to put your tarazaki in there. Yes, you do. That's the one <laughs> thing you, you do want to put in there. But a lot of places, that's the only thing that they don't put in their, their masu. <laughs> Give me if that's wrong, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that was when I was working. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for asking the question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great question. Yeah. And I guess the, with tarazakes, there's a lot of potential with that, too, because they haven't really explored what that no. what you can put in there from a profile perspective. And but so you're, and you're not allowed to actually add anything. You like in, in the wine world, you actually sometimes you actually add the wooden staves into the like into the wine, right? But you're yeah. not actually able to add anything mm. in the sake world. You're allowed to age things in barrels, but you're not actually add, add any wood, so yeah. to speak. Absolutely. So that does limit what you can actually do because if you really want to get like flavor or aroma from the wood, the barrel that you're using, you're talking a long time of, of aging in that barrel, realistically, I think. Mm. Yeah. It depends what type of barrel you're using, of course. Right. So we're coming up on a long show. Um, we've got a, a couple more questions here, which we will, we will try and get to, but we do have a couple things that we did want to share with our listeners. The ones who were so kind to stick with us through this long, long session. Um, Frank, if you wouldn't mind putting a little something on the display there. Um, so in the midst of this, all that's been happening over the last few months, we've been thinking about how we can further bring uh, sake to our, not just our listeners, but a more diverse uh, group of listeners, um, not just in this podcast format, but in a way that gets allows people to see the faces and meet the people um, who are thinking about sake in a whole lot of different ways. Um, because as John was mentioning earlier in the program, that sake bandu, there's about a million different ways you can approach all these different things. Yeah, and so, so on your screen right now, you probably see the, the, the giant word Sake Future Summit 2020. Um, that's something we're working on that will be happening the weekend of November 21st and 22nd across two days. The idea is, so with all the education, everything that's going around, there are a lot of places that are doing education, really good education. John's doing amazing education. Natsuki, who called in today, WSET is doing amazing education. There are so many, Pablo's doing amazing education. There are so many platforms out there of, with people and organizations who have invested a lot of time in establishing what a cohesive, well thought out, put together program of education is. And I'm, I'm so I'm so jealous of people who are coming into the sake, um, their sake discovery journey now because there are so many wonderful opportunities for people. Totally, to agree. Yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and what we're trying to do with the summit here is because there are so many educational opportunities that are out there that are formatted in education, is now that people are spending time thinking about things, digging into things is we want to present people with the ideas and the conversations that are happening out there that don't always get factored into the education, that don't always mm. get, uh, that don't always show up on yeah, the... There's always a weird count to a textbook. So. Right? I, I said, and you have to, all, all the things that go in there have to be verified in certain ways. There's a process that goes through that. There's a process yeah. of building a curriculum. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the beauty of sake and shochu are the things that sit 
on the periphery of that curric curriculum yeah. or are at the heart of it, but don't get factored in there because you can't necessarily define them in and the I same ways. And I really hope that when people are approaching their sake education, that, that they have a teacher that's going to engage them and inspire them to inquire, to ask the why questions. Yeah. And the teacher might not be able to answer all the why questions. You know, sometimes there are some pretty killer questions or just questions that haven't, haven't been posed before. Yeah. So hopefully Sake on Air can create a forum where we've, we've got a lot of pe different people with a lot of different areas of specialty that we can maybe be in a, a forum for inquiry yeah. and for um, curiosity yeah. and for more exploration that's yeah. not necessarily textbook-based. Yeah, and with the Sake Future Summit, um, <laughs> it's two days of essentially that. <laughs> a lot of the questions and topics that came up today, people asked about aging and wood and those things. We have a program that we've already prepared, um, that is already set to go, that is all about using wooden tools in and aging and processes. Hours. And it's well, 30 hours across two, two days. Oh. So from, yeah, about 10 a.m. on Saturday until when we wrap up about 8, 9 p.m. Um, that Sunday. Um, there is a program looking just at that. What does it mean to work with wooden tools and to preserve that culture? And what does it mean for the nature of the product? Um, what does it mean to look at sake as an agricultural product? There is a program solely on aging sake. You can find your geek specialty. It's, it's all in there. It's a, and the idea is to make it a platform for the entire world of sake because now sake, is it's an international beverage. Um, yeah, a lot of it comes out of Japan, but at the end of the day, it's an international beverage, and it's it's yours as much as it is ours, and everybody else is here, and so. And with the inability to travel, this is the best way that we can get all of that international experience um, and all of that knowledge, awareness, and inspiration to your earbuds. And so, yeah, half of the about half of the content is going to be stuff from Japan about the very questions that a lot of people had today with some of the people that are the most qualified to talk about that. Um, and about half of it is going to be from various locales around the world, from Europe, from Asia, um, from the Americas. Um, and so you'll get a chance to learn about, there's not going to be a sake 101 course. There's not going to be how do you make sake course. But hopefully there will be a lot of stories as to why you should care about um, sake and shochu and what makes those things exciting. So um, we are going to be doling out information about this um, very, very soon. Uh, we'll start letting you know about um, who's going to be on and what kind of programs are going to be happening. Uh, already about 85, 90% of the programs are fixed. It's pretty much ready to go. We're just fine-tuning a few things. And there will probably be some late announcements, um, all of which we are uh, can promise will be um, rather exciting. So yeah, stay tuned. And there will be a whole lot more, not just Sake on Air, but also Sake Future Summit coming your way uh, very, very soon. This one will be 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah, this is 2020. Like the real one, not not 2020. Yeah. 2021. No, 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 no. no. This is this is this is this is this is going to happen this year. All all things considered. And uh -oh. there will there will be a little bit of show to in there too. This is we promise. It is. Um, but we're yeah we're super excited about this because I mean we had a question as well too about how, as about how did the show get started. Um, as not quite not it's not so much how the show got started, but one of the original goals with the show was how do we get those these kinds of stories um, that really make the world of these categories super exciting and really, really special. How do we get those out into the world? And we thought this was a good platform to do that. Um, a podcast is an amazing way to do that. Um, and because of our listeners and your support and your interest um, that we've gotten over the last couple of years, you have proven to us that we weren't wrong. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we've been able to do that. But it's always been a challenge to get 
um, a lot of the Japanese language content out there. Um, we want to show you the faces. We want to show you the places. We want to show you the people um, that are doing this stuff as well, too. And so this is going to be a bit of a new experiment, a new foray into video as well. Um, but now that everybody is kind of used to this format now, um, I think it should be um, uh, in a format that you can engage in for two days. And then it's going to be available forever as well, too. So this is going to be a resource to um, everybody out there. And so, um, so I think we're going to tie a bar around it. And yeah, I think so. We had one last little question here talking about shiki. Um, it's oh. a glassware from Mr. Robert Yellen, the man of the oh, man. Oh, Robert, of, we have to speak to Robert. Yeah, yeah, we've got to actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that's I, something we've been. I, I am nominating a session with yeah. Robert Yellen. It's, it's been 120 hour session. Um, Robert, um, we will leave that question to when you are sitting in this seat together with us, and we'll make that happen yeah, very, very that's soon. That's a big, big well, answer. Next, next, next to you. Yeah, way. So, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. It continues. Right. Yep. To two and a half to two years and two and a half hours. Really? Was it that? Oh wow! I need to get. Everybody got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got there. Imada-san, sorry, we seem to have emptied the refrigerators. It wasn't me, it was Marie. Okay, well, you get in here too. So we're, we're wrapping things up, we're turning things down, we're getting ourselves sorted out. Um, it's a little bit difficult because now some of us are a few sheets to the wind. We'll get there. Um, but once again, thank you to all of you who are listening from wherever you are around the world. Um, sending you much sake love and um, thank you so much for hanging out with us these last two and a half hours. Now we're just going to do a quick photo shoot, just a moment. Please bear with us while we do some PR. Shochu! Awamori! <laughs> <laughs> So Justin, can you sign us out? That has been one more episode, outing of Sake on Air, uh, broadcast from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center for the first time in a long time, actually. Um, this is the first time we've been able to get together and get back to our old base of operations and made possible with the fantastic support of Imara-san and the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center. Frank, not just mastering the boards today, but the visuals, the cameras, the everything and anything and everything in between. We should, Marie, can you turn around a camera at Frank? Turn around a camera at Frank. We got to get, Change we got to get this man on here. Get a oh, GoPro. Camera. Oh, that get, camera right there. Yeah, get. Uh, oh, we got it, we got it, we got it. That one, we got it, we got it. So everybody who enjoys sake on air, um, as you can see the extent of what we do. This is pretty much it. Um, that's the man. Someone's um, working. Who, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, he's literally got his... Frank, right? He's got pretty his much. fingers on pretty the dials much. of everything that's happening. Much, the the fact much. that this looked like a proper... Like yeah. cultivated TV show was because of him, yeah. and and there did was it? No, we'll, we'll, there was we'll watch tomorrow. We'll see. We'll, we'll yeah. see how. And and if if I picked my nose, then that then that was Frank's fault. But, um. <laughs> um, but seriously, thank you so much to all of our listeners who tuned in over this long, 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 long session um, that blew by super fast. That was so much fun. Thank you so much to all of you for for making this an amazing, amazing journey and amazing adventure. A lot more to come. We're going to be even busier in the coming months. So thank you so much, so much to everybody for making this all possible. Thank you. Kanpai! 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 Kanpai!